You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Monday edition, where we break down everything that happened from a busy week 14 Sunday. A ton of big games, playoff implications. There are more firings, which seems to be weekly with coaches around the NFL at this point in the season. And we'll take a quick peek at Monday Night Football as well. This football season has been extremely different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch football this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, the scout Matt Williamson. A must follow on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Uh, I usually like to start with the games that we picked. Do you remember how I really wanted to pick the Colts over the Raiders after we started talking about it more and more, and it was the one that just was on the outside in, and wow, the Colts did a number on that Raiders defense. 44-27, the 9-4 Colts over the 7-6 Raiders who are reeling a little bit, and after the game, the Raiders fire their defensive coordinator, Paul Gunther. That's how bad that game was, and promote... Rod Marinelli. So a lot of veteran coaches on that staff. So they've just got another longtime coach that they can plug in there at defensive coordinator. Yeah. And that's actually the very first I heard that was two minutes ago, right when we were hitting record. I hope everyone had a good weekend. And I think both of us were into that game too. You know, that, that Colts one was on my list. I didn't quite pick it, was thinking about it real quick on them. I think they're in a good spot. You know, they're nine and four. Jonathan Taylor's hitting his stride, as we're seeing with some rookie backs at the right time. T.Y. Hilton looks like he's found his legs again. The the defense, maybe early on, was a smidge overrated, but it's a good group, and they caused three turnovers, and the Raiders aren't easy to play against on that side of the ball. But on the other side of the ball, the Raiders were way too easy to play against, frankly. These last couple weeks have been bad. I wonder in some of these situations, I mean, does a does a coordinator change really have that big of an impact? It's not like you're going to take the whole playbook and scheme and throw it out and install something new mm-hmm. in a week. But maybe the situational play calling or just, you know, shaking things up or you know it was going to happen in the offseason, so do it now. Who knows? I mean, Marinelli is obviously very, very qualified. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and I think one of the more veteran staffs in the NFL, a lot of very familiar names on that coaching staff under John, John Gruden in uh, Las Vegas there. How about that interception, that one-handed pick from Kenny Moore? Wow. Yeah. That was, uh, that was an amazing play. And and we had talked about this a lot this year when it comes to rookies. And, you know, this is a fantasy nugget as well, but Jonathan Taylor really taking over that backfield and having a huge game. And the one thing I had talked about with Jonathan Taylor earlier this season that got me a little bit worried is we hadn't seen those runs he had in college, and we hadn't seen hardly any breakaway runs where he because he has that top end speed right and right, he's a big right. back and we didn't see those Nick Chubb like runs where all of a sudden he breaks through that first level defenders and boom is off to the races and we saw that in this game 150 yards on his 20 carries including a 62 yarder and a pair of touchdowns so a monster game for Jonathan Taylor yeah that's a good point because you know some of the comparisons to Taylor coming out were Nick Chubb a young Leonard Fournette you know Fournette I didn't like as much as those other guys but those guys, when you when they get a crease, young Fournette, nobody caught them. You know, I mean, they were good in the the hundred mm-hmm. yard dash. You know, they, they were long speed guys as well as accelerators. And Taylor definitely had that in college. Had ran a good forty, 
But I was wondering, is it was it going to translate to the pros or not? I want to see a little more of it to right. be sure. There were some big holes, but that's certainly encouraging. Yeah, we need to see more consistency there with that, break off some more runs. Was that the Raiders or was that Taylor and right. the Colts <laughs> making that happen? And another efficient game from Phillip Rivers, who's putting together a pretty nice season. And meanwhile, Vegas has lost three of their last four, and their Ooh. only win is that Ruggs-Greg Williams game. Yeah, their only game was <laughs> you know. uh, another defensive coordinator getting fired. So uh, back to back, <laughs> no matter where they go, defensive coordinators get <laughs> so, fired. Yeah, there's no, uh, look out whoever they're playing next. Who are they playing next? <laughs> I don't know. But um, and they're, they might they're, be on Thursday night. I think I'm, I'm not positive. I'll look at later. The playoff hopes are are not great now for that team. We got to move on to some of these other games because there's a ton to hit you. But now they are the nine seed, and depending on what happens with Baltimore, they would be tied with Baltimore if Baltimore loses and. Um, you still got Miami in front of you there, uh, the Colts, the Browns. So that's going to be a tough one for the Raiders to sneak in there unless they turn yeah. this thing around quickly. Maybe Marinelli's the guy to do that for their defense, but uh, I have my doubts with what we're seeing. I guess they're rooting against Baltimore tonight. The right. AFC is so convoluted. I mean, it's interesting. I don't think see the Raiders as a playoff team, though. I don't right now. I, it's hard to. Yeah. Let's move on to some of these other games, uh, the ones that we picked. I was 2-4-3. My loss this week was Texans I had over the Bears. I thought it was going to be a Deshaun Watson revenge game, and it was actually Mitch Trubisky trying to say, hey, don't forget about me, trying to uh, um, upstage Deshaun Watson in that game. 36-7 to there. Trubisky throwing three touchdown passes. They're running the ball. Montgomery, 113 yards on the ground. Speaking of, I mean, they've already fired their coaches, so the Texans can't fire their defensive coordinator. But, man, they've got some things to figure out there because it's Deshaun Watson right now missing a bunch of his weapons at receiver, too. And uh, they just don't have a lot going for him. And teams can run on them, which is just bad for trying to win football games right now in December. Yeah, I mean, I'm not exactly going to jump on the Trubisky bandwagon, but I remember saying leading up to this game, he's been better than Foles from start to finish this year. I mean, he's been their best quarterback. He's making some money for himself. You know, like on this on my Steelers show, we talk about, hey, I'd bring Mitch Trubisky in, you know, on the cheap, you know, one of those type of reclamation projects. Yeah. And he may even get more attention than that. I mean, who knows when he hits the open market. Again, I'm not on the train, but he's putting some tape out there. And you mentioned it. I mean, Allen Robinson, David Montgomery. I mean, they're ha- they're putting the ball in the right people's hands, and it's working finally. One of the games I got correct was the Dallas Cowboys. By the way, the Texans are miserable. Oh, the Texans are so bad. Yeah, top to bottom, <laughs> right? aside from <laughs> yeah. Watson. And then, you know, with Will, Will Fuller out with the PD, PED suspension the rest of the year, and it's like you, you can't even sneak attack a team right now no. with, with what they have at wide receiver, and, and nobody's playing well, really, on either side of the ball at this point for... For that team, that's a rough one. They're going to earn a really high pick for the Miami Dolphins, which I think would be the fourth pick in the draft as things stand yeah, today. No positive. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Real quick, I mean, I think there's three garbage teams in the league. Jacksonville, Jets, Cincinnati. They probably won't win another one. Mm-hmm. But Carolina and Houston, to me now, are the next tier of junk. Uh, I'm on board with that. I think yeah. I think that's pretty correct. That's the way things are shaking out here. Uh, those Cowboys beating up on the Bengals 30-7. to Let's see. What I, this, I didn't watch a lot of this game. It was like no, not a lot I to take either. away. This is another revenge game, though. Andy Dalton getting revenge on his former franchise, the Cincinnati Bengals. But this is one. This is why I picked it. You could see it coming. It was like, look, the Bengals can't score. I think we said this exact thing. We said the Bengals aren't going to score more than seven points. And they didn't. They scored exactly seven points. And the Cowboys at least have an offense to be able to put some 
some points up there. So uh, it helps for a team like the Cowboys to play a team worse than them. And um, and really, they didn't have to do all that much to win this game. It was a, it was a pretty easy win for Dallas, and the Bengals are yeah. yeah the the Bengals are right there. If there was a the Bengals, they're thirty two for me. I, I don't think they're below the Jets for me, but I think I would take the Jaguars straight up in a neutral side against the Bengals. Oh yeah, I think so too. I mean, the little I saw this game, and it's the game I ignored the most. Obviously, was the Bengals turned the ball over three times. I mean, they're not going to beat anybody by doing that. Brandon Allen looked like he was hobbling around the entire game, tried to tough it out, eventually got replaced by Finley, who's horrible. Uh, Cowboys D, I guess, got a little better, but still allowed Cincinnati to move the ball quite a bit. And Dalton was really sharp early on. I mean, those those are my notes from this one, but I'm not going to do a lot of research on this game. I think that's plenty of notes. I think that is plenty of notes. <laughs> I'll uh, do it, yeah. <laughs> the, the second game I got right this week was Dolphins getting seven and a half points over the Chiefs. And, and that one was a big comeback for, I thought that was a, a big loss for me. I didn't think that was going to happen. But uh, Dolphins came back with 17 fourth quarter points, 33-27. Kansas City with the win, but the Dolphins did cover that number. So a, a big win for everybody all around. And uh, as expected, Chiefs won 12 and one now in the season, the Dolphins eight and five. But I like the fight that the Dolphins showed there. They're going to be a playoff team and they're going to have to uh, beat some good teams and prove that they're, you know, that they're up to the challenge. And after, you know, three quarters, you thought, oh, wow, OK, the Dolphins are going to be a one and done team in the playoffs if they do sneak in. And they said, no, we're going to fight this thing. and We're going to we're going to play uh, a good Chiefs team down to the wire. Yeah, and it's funny because I took the Chiefs. I mean, your pick was Miami. I was going to pick the Chiefs. and But my one reservation was the Chiefs don't beat anybody by a lot. Like, I think they're really bad versus spread lately. You know, they don't kill teams mm-hmm. like you think they will. And Miami never, ever goes away. You know, like, they just keep chipping at you and chipping at you. But they lost a turnover differential by three in Kansas City. Mahomes threw two picks in the first quarter. But they averaged 7.3 yards per play and had all kinds of big plays. But again, I mean, Miami and Tua, I I think Tua is a big story here too because he had to do things. It wasn't like, boy, we're going to get scores left and right from, you know, defense and special teams and we'll just manage the quarterback position. And besides Gasecki, who got hurt in this game, Miami doesn't have a whole lot to throw to. I thought Tua took a nice step forward. And how about Xavier Howard? I, I didn't realize this until I was watching the game. He has a pick in like five or six straight games. Yeah, five what straight games with an interception. Yeah. Leads the league in interceptions. I think we'll talk a little bit more about Xavier Howard on Wednesday's show. But a good showing, I think, even in a loss for Miami. And, and yeah, you mentioned it. It was like you Tua had to, to bring them back. And, and he did. He did a good job of that. He had to throw the ball 48 times. And, uh, you know, he had fewer turnovers than Patrick Mahomes in that game through the same amount of touchdowns. Mahomes had a better game overall. But, but Tua... I think showed out well. I, I liked what I saw from two of there. It was promising for the Dolphins all yeah. around to, to fight back from a game that they were down pretty big at one point. Yeah, had to play off script. You know, I mean, that's great. And Tyreek Hill is so hard to cover. Might be oh, the hardest man. guy in the league to cover. Some of the plays he makes, both uh, uh, with a 32-yard run and uh, a touchdown reception as well, 44 yards. I mean, he's just a nightmare for, for defenses. And the year Kelsey's having, I'm not sure we've mentioned enough. I mean, like... I, I talked to my buddy in my league that has Kelsey in fantasy league saying he's running away with the league. I'm like, he should be the first pick in the draft. Like if we repick the draft, Kelsey should be the fantasy MVP. Cause he's like having th- two extra starters 
he's going to set the record for most yardage and production by a tight end ever. Right. And there's nobody that's a close second, too. So no, the, the no advantage, all, you know? yeah, the advantage you have every week, there's been some big Darren Waller weeks, but that hasn't been consistent. Kittle's been hurt all year. So the advantage you have rolling Kelsey out there is probably the biggest advantage in, in fantasy sports this year. Yeah, I think he's the MVP of fantasy leagues, and nobody looks at it that way. I think it's definitely him. By the way, Miko Hardman, 67-yard punt return for a touchdown. You take that away, and the Chiefs don't even win this game. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. I mean, uh, I know the Chiefs are number one, and they're number one in my power ranks, and the Steelers have fallen off, and the Saints are falling off, but the Chiefs are vulnerable. They're not, yeah, I don't, it's not like I don't have confidence that they're going to win every single game they line up at, but sure. there's not, they're not playing at a level where it's like this team's unbeatable, right? They're, they're, right, right. They're, they've shown some vulnerabilities. I think that's a good uh, a way to put it. And, but that's also scary. I because mean, even I think last it, year, I thought like the Ravens and Chiefs were better than this team. You know what I mean? Like from some a confidence of those level. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, last year there were some teams that were like, wow, I don't know how you beat them. All right, we've got a bunch of games to get yeah, to. Yeah, I want to get to the games that you picked, Matt, and the rest of the Sunday slate and a little Monday Night Football coming up, Peacock and Williamson. How about those Philadelphia Eagles led by rookie quarterback Jalen Hurts, his first career start, knocking off the New Orleans Saints 24-21. What are your thoughts there? And by the way, Doug Peterson said he's not going to announce who the starter is. He said he's not sure who the starter is going forward next yeah, week, right. which is a complete lie. Maybe he just wants a team to. Uh, some people got mad at him for saying that. How could you say that? It's like, oh, yeah, I guess you could be coy for one more week and, and try to make a team prepare for two quarterbacks. But we all know it's Jalen Hurts. He just won you a stinking game uh, against a really good football team in the New Orleans Saints. I don't want to throw water on this fire, but he still didn't throw the ball very well. Uh, I mean, his addition as a runner was phenomenal. And him and Miles Sanders combined for 221 yards running. And to me, that was awesome. That was the difference in the game. But I've been saying for two months, why don't you feature Miles Sanders? You know, like I'm sure Wentz is on the sideline going, why couldn't I hand the ball to Miles Sanders that much and dump it off to him? He's your best offensive player. Why does it take this long in a coaching change to get him the ball, you know, in in a more advantageous manner? But good for Hurts. He, he brought a spark to the team. That's fine. I, I dinged the the nine or the Saints at least as much as I raised up the Eagles after this game because the Saints D has been awesome. It probably wasn't their day. They could have been better against the run. And I know Taysom Hill's stat line in the end looked okay, but he didn't look like an NFL quarterback to me. And last week I thought he made an improvement. Yeah, to your point with the Eagles, especially so Jalen Hurts, it's not a great line. It's 17 of 30, 167 yards as a touchdown. Didn't turn the ball over, but it was it was on the ground where they were killing him. But this is what we were saying earlier in the season. Miles Sanders, obviously, feature him, but then use Jalen Hurts, his athleticism, get him in, it makes him in more. You could have had that ability on the field. You could have had done some fun things on offense all season long with Carson Wentz in there, but now you had to make the quarterback change first to get Jalen Hurts' legs involved in the game, which I, I think was the wrong way to play this thing. But uh, Hurts definitely given the team a spark, and, and uh, if, if your passing game is going to be awful anyway with no matter what quarterback, then I guess get the quarterback in there that can do some things with his legs, as Hurts did, and gives you a shot to win some games. Yeah, and I wrote a little blurb after this game. I thought the Eagles' defense was the best unit on the field and deserved a lot of credit. And I didn't realize this till I was watching the game. 
they got their first interception since week seven. Like, I know I'm a Wentz supporter and can't get off his bandwagon, but, you know, if you can't get an interception in two months, you know, it's hard to win games. Oh, and, and you can tell by the passing numbers for Jalen Hurts here. And it, Carson Wentz, it all, you know, it always all falls on the quarterback when when things are going well and things are going bad. But there's a lot of other problems with that Eagles team, too. So to overcome those and beat a good team, I think, was a good sign for the Eagles here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's not like just Carson Wentz was the problem so far the last couple seasons in Philly. Yeah, I would look at it like, oh, problem solved. We're going to run the table and be a force in the playoffs. No, no, no. James Winston, should he play quarterback for the New Orleans Saints? That's the big question now for me with that team. Until I thought back. so since the second Breeze got hurt. So um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not close to the team. I, I don't know what I'm missing there. And they've been winning with Hill. I think Winston's good. I mean, I, I know the picks were crazy in, in his career, and that's never going to go away. But if you lessen the degree of difficulty and you got him better sight, I gotta, I'd love to see him play for a month at a time and see what he looks like right now. At least see him for a game, but uh, yeah. Drew Brees potentially could Brees be back. back. Yeah, I think he's listed as questionable so far going into the Kansas City game in Week 15, which is a big one. So we'll see. He had 11 broken ribs, though. <laughs> I mean, as long as you're gonna <laughs> like, if they're if you have to play into the playoffs, which they're not gonna have to, I don't think. Or if you have to play for a one seed, then you get him back if you can. But man, 11 broken ribs, collapsed lung. Right. Let him hang out for a while. Let the guy's 40 years old. Let the guy hang out and, and breathe a little bit uh, before you bring him back too soon. Right. I mean, I very much believe this, that the bye week is super important this year. But other than that, it doesn't, nothing matters. Like two versus seven seeds, not that big a deal. Two versus four is not oh, that right. big a deal. Yeah, it's either getting into the playoffs at all or the one seed. And that's right. what's tough for... Uh, some other teams around the league that, uh, and actually, let's just segue into that because that's what's tough for a team like the Steelers, who right now are eleven and two after losing their second straight, falling twenty six fifteen to the Bills on Sunday Night Football. You're sitting here at eleven and two, and you're like, man, kiss that, uh, kiss that playoff bye goodbye. I mean, I, we've never seen a oh, team yeah. that's eleven and two, and you're like, well, no playoff bye for that team. That's rough. That's the one thing I actually don't really like that much about the new format. Yeah. I I, I, I like the idea of two teams getting a bye, but it's all super important, and certainly Kansas City's in the driver's seat for it. The Steelers have an easy one against the Bengals coming up. You would think it's easy. Who knows? Um, and, then they've, and then they have the Colts and the Browns, so they have a very good chance to drop another. I give the Bills all the credit in the world. They're a really good team. I moved them up to number three in my power ranks. They had a rough first half, but they figured it out in – that's really been a Steeler trend now over the last couple of weeks is they are so old looking and beat up and fatigued. You know, they didn't really get their bye. This was their third game in 12 days. If you think about that, that's pretty unprecedented. Yeah. That now they at least get an extra day and play Monday night and the whole world has to watch the Bengals on Monday night next week. Sorry. <laughs> but I give the Bills all the credit in the world. But the second halves of the last couple of weeks, the Steelers just can't keep up. They're just destroyed, and they got some problems. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's I noticed the same thing because the the Steelers' front was getting after Josh Allen and pressuring him early in the game, and that kind of disappeared in the second half. And I was thinking, was that fatigue? Was you know the Steelers' offense putting the defense out there too many times, and they just got tired, or did the Bills suddenly start blocking it up better? Yes, all the above. Okay. First of all, time of possession at halftime was equal. 
and the Bills end up winning the time of possession battle by over 10 minutes. So, I mean, they owned the second half. I mean, they were – this was a 9-7 game at the half, and the Bills were averaging 3.5 yards a play and then blew it apart. So the defense was just on the field so much and all the injuries. But, boy, I give Josh Allen credit too. I mean, he made throws, and not all of them were even complete. You know, his receivers didn't help him early on. But the Steelers were bringing big blitzes and getting home and causing problems – and he's standing in there till the very last instant to deliver the football. He was some, there was some upper tier quarterbacking from him. It wasn't just being an athlete. He really withstood the, you know, the, the tidal wave. I think it's pretty clear he's a mentally tough guy, whether it's, you know, taking yeah. hits in a game, handling pressure, or just what he's out to deal with with his career. Because a lot of people did not believe in him and thought he was a bust instantly out of the gate. And, uh, and he's really developed so much. And so I think you have to credit Josh Allen a ton for that. And he's, what, top three in the MVP voting for me right now in the league, would you say? It's, it's, I agree. It's yeah. Allen I put Rodgers and Mahomes ahead of him. Yeah, but right there at number three, I think, is where he goes and, and definitely has yeah. some other big-name quarterbacks that are, that are getting some credit this year. Uh, one more quick question with you about the Steelers. Are drops contagious? I've always said that, yeah, that's come on, that's a that's a BS uh, thing that people always talk about. But when I start watching some teams like the 49ers had a bunch of drops this week and the Steelers continue to drop the football, it's like, what's going on? Yeah, it, it's startling. First of all, they have no running game. They have no deep passing game. So everything is super quick hitting. Ball comes out unbelievably quick. And if you have any drops, it cripples the drive because that's all you got right now. And every defense is attacking those short routes and – making those catches more contested than ever. But it's definitely in Deontay Johnson's head. I mean, like you can just see his body language because it hasn't been a problem for him in his career. If it, if, you know, besides him, the drops weren't that bad this week. The week before, they were horrible. Um, Eric Ebron's always going to drop one or two that he shouldn't. That's just who he's been yeah, his whole career. It's him. But, but, but Deontay Johnson has the yips, and, and they set him down the second half. That's crazy, man. That is crazy. Yeah. Uh, here's a game that I don't think we have to spend too much time on, and uh, it was one that you got correct in your picks, and it turns out, yeah, you're right. They they could not make this line big enough, and they did not because they couldn't make it a 37-point <laughs> yeah. line. 40-3, to three, the Seahawks over the still winless Jets. I don't know what else to add to this one. We could breeze over pretty quick. I mean, uh, the note I wrote on it was Geno Smith came in in the third quarter. That's all you really need to know. <laughs> That's perfect. Well said there. Uh, 200 passing yards in three quarters for Russell Wilson or less than three quarters fully uh, with four touchdowns. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was over early, early. I'm open to the idea that Seattle's D is getting better, but this wasn't exactly the best mm -hmm. barometer. Yeah, that, this wasn't the test for, for that defense. All right, more games to get to. We'll finish up the Sunday games. Take a peek at Monday Night Football next on Peacock and Williamson. Big, hungry, little bit of time, Built Bar then is for you. And you'll feel good about grabbing a Built Bar as whatever, morning, midday snack, a meal replacement. If you're looking to stay in shape, you want to feel good about a high-protein, low-sugar protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, go to BuiltBar.com. Get a box with a very special discount. 12 original flavors plus six new flavors. You can mix and match a box if you want, if you don't want one full box of flavors or if you're like me, you just go get a full box of peanut butter Built Bars. Then maybe mix up a, a second box of three flavors, too. These bars are low-calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein, high in fiber, and even great for a keto diet. 
That peanut butter flavor, 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories and 5 grams of sugar. Cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. This one with some playoff implications in Week 14, Matt, and it was the Cardinals who beat the Giants 26-7. to Giants now uh, behind Washington in the NFC East with Washington's win that we'll get to in a second, but this one was really big for the Cardinals to stay in play and in charge for that last playoff seed in the NFC. Still third place, though, in the NFC West, but I think three West teams are going to get in. That's starting to be more and more clear. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of turnovers by the Giants. I think these two quarterbacks from the same draft class are now trending or are kind of interesting in that Kyler was looking a little rough. He's fighting through the shoulder injury. I think he's kind of gotten past that hurdle and is starting to look more like himself where this was Daniel Jones's first game back. And rarely do I say this, but he looked like he should have stayed out another week. You know, like he didn't look comfortable from the beginning. He wasn't moving well. I'm all about, I mean, I understand, gut it out and, you know, rub some dirt on it, but you got to come back at the right time. And I'm going to give him somewhat of a pass for a bad showing, but the Cardinals D was great. Um, you know, this game wasn't all that close. I, I picked the Giants in this one. I, I thought their defense would be tough and I was not, you know, opened the idea that Kyler was going to turn that corner, but I think he's getting a little bit better. I think that's the number one key of the game is Kyler Murray healthier playing, playing yeah. good ball. And I think the way that the Cardinals offense operates isn't the best matchup for the strength of the Giants defense, because it's not like the Cardinals are going to try to line up and run through the teeth of that Giants defense in the, in the middle, which is where their strength is. So I think that sort of just matchup, that chess match, I think, Helped Arizona as long as Kyler Murray was going to be on point in this game, and he was. And look, the the Cardinals defense is playing some pretty good ball. I've had them on my fantasy team. I picked them up a few weeks ago and, and put in some big time performances. Uh, this one, for I think they got me twenty points on my fantasy team in, in the playoffs. So thanks, Cardinals D. Yeah, I bet. I mean, the Giants only held the ball for twenty, slightly over twenty two minutes. I mean, that's horrendous. And they only averaged three point two yards per play. I mean, that is. Anything below four is really, really bad, and 3.2 is horrendous. I mean, Cardinals D, does, Cardinals D really was the star of the show. An extremely strange game in Arizona, Matt, which is where Washington traveled to play the San Francisco 49ers. Washington now a commanding one-game lead in the NFC East at 6-7. and seven. You might have a 500 team in that division after all, Matt. Uh, 23-15 beating the 49ers who finally could say goodbye to their playoff hopes now at 5-8 and because even if they win, in, win out, 8-8 eight and is not going to get you into the NFC playoffs. So the 49ers are, it's officially mock draft season for 49ers fans on Twitter, which uh, which is I'm very in tune with. So that's what's happening there with the 49ers losing 23-15 to Washington. Yeah, and, and I mentioned yards per play just a minute ago. Washington averaged 3.1 yards per play. I mean, your Niners D, Tim, you watch every snap more than I'm sure, but it sure looked like the Niners D did more than their part. Um, you know, Alex Smith threw for 57 yards, then got hurt, and it was that leg. I mean, who the heck knows what's going to go on with that? And does that mean, you know, is Dwayne Haskins going to start a playoff game? I mean, is that what's going to happen when it's all said and done? <laughs> that would be I, wild. I don't know. I, I don't think it, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. I think they were just Good. being safe with Alex Smith. It was just a, a, 
a slight calf strain is what they said after the game, but they oh, thought, good, you know, good. the game was in a good place and they held him out. And I think he might've trotted back onto the field if Haskins started throwing a bunch of picks or something like that. But yeah, you mentioned 57 yards in the first half for Alex Smith, 51 passing yards for Haskins in the second half. The 49ers defense played great and kept the 49ers in this game and kept giving the ball back to the 49ers offense. The problem is the 49ers offense gave Washington 14 points. So that's right. where uh, there was a pick six and a fumbled return for a touchdown. Mullins turned the ball over too much and the 49ers could not overcome that even though Washington's offense only scored nine points in this game. So that was absolutely the story there is, is uh, the 49ers got to figure out uh, a quarterback going forward if it's going to be Garoppolo or somebody else because nobody else on the roster should be starting games. No, I hear you. One quick, a couple small nuggets we should mention. Debo Samuel gets hurt the first play of the game. Yes. But Ayuk is awesome. You know, so those were two takeaways there. Mm -hmm. Chase Young, holy cow, is he an unbelievable force of nature. He's going to be the best defensive player in the league. You know, he's going to be the next Aaron Donald. Yeah, no, he took that game over very Aaron Donald-like. He had the scoop and score. He caused another fumble on Jeff Wilson during that game. And by the way, if you're a fantasy football player, Raheem Mostert, you know, now a couple weeks removed from that high ankle sprain, Jeff Wilson putting the ball on the ground, disappeared from the game for most of the second half after he fumbled. So deploy Raheem Mostert if you're still in your playoffs. I think that'll be a solid situation against the Cowboys next week. And, and Jeff Wilson might be in the doghouse after fumbling because Kyle Shanahan is really upset about the turnovers because I think he dialed up a pretty good game and, and Robert Sala coached a good game. But uh, in the end, you can't turn the ball over and give a defense 14 points. Yeah. And I guess my question to you, is Jimmy possible to come back this year? I think there is a chance that both he and Kittle could come back. And my assumption all along is if the 49ers won these last these two games against the NFC East, against Washington and Dallas, the last two games are Cardinals and Seahawks. I think we would have seen Jimmy G, and I think we would have seen George Kittle. But now that I think they're out of the playoff hunt, I don't know if they're going to try to do that, so they might just rest them the rest of the year. So that's, I think, the way it's going to go right now, unless it's really clear that they're 100%. And I think both players, uh, uh, you know, up in the air whether they would actually be 100% by week 16, 17. I know he's an unknown already, but if I were Jimmy, I'd love two more games to state my case mm-hmm. for next year. Yeah, and both those guys are competitive, and George Kittle all along said, I can come back and play tomorrow if you want me to. So uh, I think his job's safe, though. Yeah, his job's pretty safe. He doesn't need to put anything <laughs> else on tape, uh, get those guys healthy, but uh, I think that would definitely help, and, and we haven't really seen a healthy Garoppolo except for week one of the season. And um, that would definitely be beneficial because the 49ers might be drafting very high and have some big time decisions to make. But we've got plenty of time to get into that stuff. And I think Alex Smith will be back here in a a crazy playoff run now that Washington is making, which was quite unexpected to me, at least. Uh, Let's keep going with the Vikings and the Bucks. The Bucks beating the Vikings in a a defensive struggle or just a a bad offensive game. I don't know which was which in this one. 26-14 was the final. Bucks now 8-5, and and the Vikings' playoff hopes also slipping away at 6-7. Yeah, and it's funny. Like, you look at the box score, it's a very equal game. I watched a lot of this, though. I mean, Minnesota had the ball for over 39 minutes, and they sacked Brady six times. You know, like, if you told me those things, I'd be like, oh, they won 40 to nothing. But they missed so many field goals, three field goals and an extra point. That wasn't the only reason they lost, but it was huge. I mean, huge, huge, crucial. And Tampa started to get better and better, I thought, as the game went on. So this was a kind of a hard one to wrap my head around of exactly why Minnesota lost besides the extra point or besides the kicking situation. But, you know, it kind of just wasn't their day. 
nine points. So they would have still lost by one, even if they got all those points. Obviously, uh, things mm-hmm. things are different from there if you make a kick and if you don't make a kick and field position and all those kind of things. But I don't know if I've ever recalled a game where it was just straight up 0 for, 0 for 4. Dan Bailey attempted three yeah. field goals, missed them all, attempted one extra point, and missed that too. <laughs> right. Like, didn't make any. And some of them are bad. They weren't like, you know, doinked off the upright. I mean, they were bad. Dalvin Cook over 100 yards and a touchdown, helping out those fantasy owners in the playoffs, which was great to see, I think, for a lot of folks. And Gronk getting uh, a touchdown reception. His one catch for two yards went for six points, the ball being spread around with Mike Evans and and Antonio Brown. And uh, so far, I mean, they got a win in this one, but the Antonio Brown thing, I don't really know how much it's helped Tampa. And I don't want to make too much of a big deal. Oh, it's, you know, he cursed them and you shouldn't have brought him in or anything like that. It's just like, I'm not really seeing, they were more dynamic before he showed up. And I'm not going to say that's him or not him, but, you know, the the Tampa Bay Bucks, they were rolling at that point. No, you're right. And I will say, I thought this was a pretty balanced attack. You know, they ran the ball as well as they threw it. Leonard Fournette, healthy, healthy scratch, I think is noteworthy. But you're right. I mean, you thought, man, one more weapon here. They're going to be destroying teams. Well, they're no better now than they were before, AB. I mean, the <laughs> I want to take a little bit from that Fournette, healthy scratch, and Ronald Jones getting 18 carries and 80 yards and a touchdown. But I know it's going to change next week because that's what's going on in Tampa. Every time you think you know who yeah. the running back is in Tampa, it changes. So, unfortunately, right. that's going to be Ronald Jones' career, I think. Every time he goes for, um, you know, a, a nice game, you can bet the next game's not going to be great. And then three weeks later, after you bench him, he's going to have a nice game. So that's just uh, that's, <laughs> that's the way things right. are going to go with that running game. Any more notes here? Let's see. I thought I saw something in this game that I wanted to talk about, but we can move on. We've got plenty of games to get to still, and we've got to rush through some of these. How about the Broncos beating the Panthers in Carolina 32-27? And if I'm not mistaken, Broncos were getting points, and we both liked points because we thought this was a pick And that's kind of how this game played out. But Drew Locke trying to give Broncos fans some hope that he might still be the guy at quarterback. Yeah, I, I think he's showing signs of life. K.J. Hamler with a couple big plays as well. I've never been a huge lock supporter, but at least you're seeing progress. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show that the Panthers and Houston, to me, are the almost bottom of the barrel tier. And no, no D.J. Moore, no Christian McCaffrey, I think Teddy Bridgewater is just a guy. I mean, I think he was on my cold list a couple of weeks ago, too. Mm-hmm. And I, one thing I think we need to pay attention to, maybe this year more than ever because of the weird prep for the season, but rookie walls do exist. And a Carolina defense is just littered with rookies. I want They were never great to begin with, but mm-hmm. I wonder how some of these rookies are going to fare these next couple of weeks, you know, and, and a defense that's that young might be really, really vulnerable. That's a really good point because they've had some weeks where they made some big plays, whether it was Jeremy Chin, who was all over the place again in this game. Utira Gross Matos has been hurt a little bit. Um, I think Brian Burns is, still can be a star player in this league at defensive end, but you're right. They're so young. And uh, Derek Brown, by the way, too, it has really yeah. not been much of a pass rusher, but he's a, he's still going to be a monster inside. It's tough to have that many rookies on one side of the ball, and uh, I think it was smart for them to to attack the defense and draft all seven defensive players. But you can't, you know. I, I think we are seeing not a little pay off in December, right? Yeah, it's definitely not going to pay off December year one. Right, right. Drew Locke four touchdown passes. But good stuff for Denver. If if Locke turns out to be the guy, or even if he's not, and there's another quarterback there. I mean, you get to throw to. 
Jerry Hamler, Judy and Sutton. Hamler. You get Cortland Sutton back. I really like Tim Patrick. Uh, yeah. Noah Fant at tight end. So there's some weapons there. So, yeah. Uh, Drew Locke, I Drew think, has gotten better. Locke is going to be that guy who plays good enough to make you hope. And then in three or four years, it's like Trubisky. You're like, oh, well, crap. We still don't have a guy. That's what worries mm-hmm. me for Denver, that he's going to show some games like this. You believe in it. You pass on quarterbacks in the draft. And then you find out again next December. Ah, oh, shoot. You know, maybe we need a quarterback. But then he shows you something else again. And I oh, know let's bring in a veteran maybe. And you're kind of you're kind of playing both sides of it. I despite the game, I think this is the time to realize, OK, Drew Locke, you got to do this more often than we're good. But if you come back down to earth again next week, you are who I think you are, which is, I think, what's going to happen. I I tend to agree. I mean, I would bet against him, but Elway's betting for him, and I would bet Elway keeps his job, so you can kind of add all those things up. Mm -hmm. Um, They might be, you know, they're winning too many games probably to be in the top quarterback sweepstakes, but at a minimum, they should be in the Winston, Darnold, Wentz, you know, category at least. There's so many teams with four and five wins right now in the NFL. So there's the last three weeks, there's going to be a ton of flip-flopping going on in the, uh, basically from pick four to pick 16. It's just wide open right now in the NFL. So that's going to be fun to watch. Titans over the Jaguars, 31 to 10. I think this is another one we don't have to go too deep into. Derrick Henry, ho-hum, 200 yards rushing on 26 carries and two touchdowns. Uh, Dude, like he's breaking all the trends and I, I would have bet money that, you know, injury or something would catch up with Derrick Henry. But I mean, at this point, it's sort of like the Josh Allen thing where you have to take a loss and be like, you know what? The things I thought about this player were just wrong. And this is a different dude. Oh, yeah. And boy, he's his track record against the Jags is ridiculous. (laughs) A.J. Brown made a big play. The stars kind of came out in this one. This is another one kind of like Dallas Cincy that I didn't pay strict, strict attention to. Um, Glennon got pulled for Minshew. Glennon hasn't been horrible. I mean, I think he, you know, he can be a backup in this league. I still think Minshew's the best guy on their roster. Not that it really matters. They're not going to win any games anyway. But one negative th- thing I took away from the Titans was Jacksonville attempted 54 passes. Still no sacks for the Tennessee D. That's not good. That's not no, going to play right. in January. Derrick yeah, Henry will play in January, but yeah, you got you to gotta get after the quarterback. Every good team gets pressure on the opposing quarterback, period. Yeah, and the Titans do not. I saw one funny thing about uh, Derrick Henry that that, uh, someone on Twitter was wondering who Derrick Henry is going to hire as the next coach for the Jaguars since uh, he owns the franchise. (laughs) I like it. It's good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Packers beating the Lions 31-24. How frustrating it must be for a Lions fan to be owned by a team in your division for 15 years with a Hall of Fame quarterback and you're firing coaches over and over again and and it can't get into the playoffs gosh I kind of feel bad for Lions fans I hope they get it right with their next head coach Um, not that this game was some huge disappointing game or anything but just the overarching theme of their season and where things are going with that franchise it's it's frustrating for them Uh, it's got to be three touchdown passes from Aaron Rodgers one of them to Devontae Adams who made uh, a Lions defensive back look pretty silly there and 31-24 was the final Packers over the Lions. Do you have any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, I thought the Lions played pretty well. And since the coaching change, have been they put a more respectable product on the field. Very little running game from Detroit. That really hurt them. 
Um, Matthew Stafford got injured at the end, and Chase Daniel actually wasn't terrible. I mean, in limited limited role, obviously. But the Packers did the little things. You know, they controlled the football for 35 minutes. They were really good, as Aaron Rodgers has been, third downs, red zone, that type of thing. And that was enough. You know, they're the, the superior team. They played like it. But I thought the Lions, you know, shouldn't hang their head after this one. Big Bob Tanyan, tight end. He's I think he's like second to Travis Kelsey in fantasy points for tight ends in the second half of the wow. season so far, isn't he? Like another touchdown reception for him. He's been doing big things there. Marquez Valdez-Scanling had the other of Aaron Rodgers' touchdown passes. And, and Chase Daniel, you mentioned, came in in relief of Stafford after he got hurt. And Chase Daniel's probably thinking, hey, wait a second, this isn't part of the deal. I'm supposed to collect millions of dollars to stand with a clipboard on the sidelines. I'm not supposed to <laughs> right. get a chance to play. And if for those listeners out there who forgot where, and, and I'm, I'm among you, who forgot where Chase Daniel was backing up, it's, yeah, it's Detroit. That's where he is right now. Yeah, and that's why he makes his, what, five, eight million, whatever it is. and Something crazy. Yeah, he's just good enough to keep his job. It's awesome. All right, last game here. This is the Falcons who fall to the Chargers in Los Angeles 20-17. to But the big takeaway from me with this game, which I'm sure a lot of people, because we're watching so intently on the Anthony Lynn front, uh, the Falcons have already moved on from their head coach. But they had another blunder of... Uh, a clock management situation and trying to, was it like, did they want to keep the, the offense on the field? No, they tried to get, bring the kicking, the kicker onto the field last second, tried to snap it in time, ran out of time, weren't able to kick the field goal, uh, but they were able to win it with 10 second half points coming back and blanking the Falcons in the second half, 2017, the final chargers over the Falcons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was certainly a blunder and not a good look despite getting a win. Don't quote me. I'd have to double check this, but I think there were three interceptions in like the last three minutes of play, you know, and these teams are kind of notorious for finding a way to yep. lose. It was kind of like, you take it, I take it, you take it, you take it, you know, like nobody wanted to win this game. And that's what these guys have been doing the last couple of years, not just, you know, the last couple of weeks. Uh, so that's a little discouraging. Atlanta again, had no running game, no Julio. Calvin Ridley was a total star. But Matt Ryan turned the ball over too much and isn't getting a lot of help. Russell Gage with a nice touchdown pass. That was something to look at. But the, the Chargers are probably the more talented team. Yeah, Ryan threw three interceptions. And the answer, we know the answer to the question now. Which team was going to blow this game harder? And it turned out it was the Falcons. Yeah, right. Atlanta Falcons. So, um, <laughs> right. Very interesting there. All right, we're 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 pretty much out of time here. Do you have any quick picks for Ravens at Browns on Monday night football? Baltimore favored by three on the road. Uh, last note from yesterday was not the world of kickers best day either. I just wanted to mention that. Oh, around the league this year, there's been really, yeah. I mean, I would have thought that the passing games or, you know, rookies, I don't know if this was a practice time situation with the odd COVID year we're in, but it's it's kickers. Kickers are the, the big position the group that has been awful this year. Yeah, they're bad. And it seems like once a year, there's one week where kickers just really stink, and that was this week. Um, I like the Ravens tonight. I have a lot of respect for the Browns. I just think that they're not ready to beat Big Brother yet. You know, the Steelers and Ravens have owned this division, have owned the Browns. They whipped them in week one. And I know things have changed for the better for Cleveland in week one. But I think Baltimore's turned a corner to some degree. 
I don't like the middle of the field on Cleveland's defense, linebackers and safeties, and that's where Lamar and running game and passing game feasts. And I think the Ravens' D is pretty good, and the Baker will be under pressure, which isn't his specialty. I'm going to take the points. I'll go Cleveland right. and take the points. Uh, maybe a, sol- a, a false sense of confidence after the Ravens got to play a uh, Cowboys defense last week. I just really like the way the Browns are playing right now. Uh, at home and getting some points. I, I think this game, uh, I don't want to say it should be a pick em, but I just feel like the the Browns at home, the way they're playing right now with confidence, nobody continually, because we've picked, I, and we keep picking against the Browns too, even though they're 9-3 and three right now in the season, and we expect the Ravens, we expect more from the Ravens, and they haven't shown it. So I want to see some consistency from Baltimore and I think uh, I think it's clear that the Browns are, are playing good football, so they're a good team. So can the Ravens beat a good team with the way they're playing, with a good team playing well? I'll go Browns just because they're getting points, so I'll take the points. If they win tonight, just to bring it more Williamson, Homer, Steeler talk, Week 17 could be for the AFC North title. I mean, the Browns can win the North. Ooh. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, that'd be a fun the one. I'm, are I'm bad place, right? I'm yeah, officially rooting for that. That would be a fun week 17 for sure. Yeah, I hope and it doesn't would, get to that point, but it could. And on the same token, Baltimore would be really fighting for a playoff spot, fighting for their playoff life at seven and six at that point, tied with the Raiders. I almost feel like this is a must win for the Ravens. Mm, interesting. Pretty okay. close to it. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm Although the rest ball. of their schedule is not too bad. I'm psyched for Monday Night Football. Ravens at Browns should be a good one. Matt will break it down tomorrow along with your questions on our two-minute drill as we do on Tuesdays at BD Peacock on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL. Talk to you then, Peacock and Williamson.